welcome back to another episode of In Case You Missed It with your host Casey Land and usual guest. Eddie Trezino, and it's been a while. I think it's only been a week in between, right? Mm, no, it's been probably like two, at, at least two or three. Really? Yeah. Time is just so strange. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, we're back and we've been watching a lot of good stuff on the Netflix and Hulu and all that jazz. Um, big fans of some <laughs> of the new stuff on there, especially The Floor is Lava. Uh-huh. That's going to be one of the main things we talk about today. Uh, and some other stuff we found that's new on Netflix. There's always so much to watch, and we're going to tell you whether or not it's worth watching. Yeah, sure thing. I don't know. You have anything else to say to the people before we head into the first? No, just how you been doing, Casey? Me? I'm doing okay. Yeah? I'm doing... We're still in quarantine? Just okay, yeah. Still in quarantine. I'm still unemployed. Man. Don't put it like that. This is your job. That's right. This I'm is a, your career. A full-time podcaster. Yeah, and YouTuber. And YouTuber. Yeah, that's a good... That's the dream. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, yeah. How are you? I'm pretty good. Yeah? I'm, doing, I'm watching a lot of YouTube videos. Me too. By you. <laughs> and listen. Oh, by me? Yeah, of course. Well, thanks. Yeah. Uh, Eddie's new podcast is Fresh ears, up yeah, finally yeah. on yeah. Apple Podcasts. You can, there's two episodes now you can listen to. I know we talked about that last episode, but you can actually listen to it now. Yeah. I usually plug that at the end, but I just thought of it. So make sure you check that out. Yeah. But yeah, so we're going to get into some new Netflix shows. And uh, when we come back, we'll talk about the very popular The Floor is... Lava! Hello. And welcome back. We've been watching one of the new Netflix hits. I feel like every now and then, especially during quarantine, like every couple of weeks, there's like a big show that everybody talks about. It's on Netflix. <laughs> and it was Tiger King at the beginning. Now we're at the Full vs. the Lava. We had The Circle. They're pretty similar shows. We had Too Hot to Handle. They're all kind of like reality-esque yeah. Or game show programs. It's game show season, really. Yeah, and I really like the floor is lava. Yeah, it's a good. It's a. It's kind of like. Well, actually, I mean, you probably can get the premise based on what the name is, where it's like kind of like Wipeout, where these teams have to get to the edge of a course that's based on different rooms of the house, and um, yeah, it's it's just a fun little show that. Combines childhood innocence with with wacky pratfalls and yes and injuries. <laughs> yes, it's um it's definitely like wacky and cheesy. Like some, if you like listen to what Rutledge the host says. Yes, our legendary <laughs> Rutledge, who may be God. He's like just a wacky cheesy guy. It's like very similar to Wipeout, the Wipeout announcers. But um yeah, <laughs> they basically have three teams every episode that are competing against each other to see who can get the most people across the course in the fastest with the fastest time and the team who wins gets ten thousand dollars and i don't know it's very fun it's just like cool to see how people like strategize to get across and also like the falls are pretty funny i'm not gonna lie you know of course everyone no one gets hurt yeah and i just think uh Oh, I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> getting tired thinking about it. So yeah, just just thinking about doing that course. Yeah, it's pretty. It's 
a fun show. I think like there was a lot of like like they put obstacles there and like hidden buttons and secrets you can uncover. Yeah. That the teams have to work together to uh to get. I mean It's almost like an escape room meets <laughs> a literal escape room. Yeah, meets at like an obstacle course. Yeah. It's a combination of a lot of things that are already pretty popular. The weirdest thing to me, like I remember the first time we watched it, the host like it like he's like I'm Rutledge. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the prize Rutledge Wood. He was like, uh, I'm Rutledge Wood, and the winner gets not only ten thousand dollars, but a chance to meet me. To meet me. And I was and like, that's, who is what a this good guy? Prize. Literally, who is he? He's not like a celebrity. I don't recognize him. From well, anything. he's not a celebrity because you have to win the game to even meet him. Well. We looked him up because I didn't know who he was or why it would even matter that you get to meet him. And he's like, what, a sports reporter? He's, yeah, he, well, he no, was. he was like, a, I think he did like NASCAR and racing. Sp- announcing. announcing. He yeah. didn't do the actual Yeah, racing. no, announcing, yeah. And he's just like a wacky dude. And now, I, I mean, I wonder how much money he's making off of this. Yeah, I don't know. Hopefully more than $10,000. But, uh,. Yeah, uh, there's a couple things that are weird about the show besides him. I think that uh, I kind of feel like it wasn't really planned out that well. Like, it seems like some of the courses are, uh, like, I don't think they told the contestants that it was, like, a race because they take a lot of time to, like, plot out their course and there's a lot of backtracking and a lot of people go the exact, like... The exact same route? Yeah, and I feel like that's a little weird. Like, maybe the producers say, yeah, just go this way. And then, like, there's... I think there's 10 episodes and five courses, so they do every course twice. Mm-hmm. And, like, usually the second time, like, there's, like, a change. Mm-hmm. But I feel like some of it, like, they definitely didn't shoot this in order. Like, because I think they made the uh, courses a little easier, and then they put those ones at the beginning. I don't know. I just feel like... Well, it's the first time, first season for this show. Yeah, there's that's true. Bugs. It's, yeah, may, it's kind of, I guess so. I've just learned something shocking. What? Rutledge Wood is a dad of three... Oh, he wow. has three babies. <laughs> well, he might this not is a be profile babies, on him uh, from Woman's Health magazine because <laughs> all the moms are into him, I guess. Well, if you yeah, this is kind of a show that takes physical strength. Yeah. Um, very funny. I think it's great for like the whole family. Like I remember watching it with Eddie, and I was like, I think that's something that actually my dad would watch with like me, my mom, my brother, and my sister. It's hard to find something we don't like to watch. Like my mom and I have very similar Netflix show tastes, but my dad just like gets annoyed. So this is like a show that he, I think actually enjoys watching. Um, I want to figure out, this is saying that this isn't Rutledge's, what, first of all, what kind of name is that? I don't know. I've never heard that name my entire life. Sounds like an old Vikings name. Maybe yeah. he is. He's pretty beardy. He looks like a Viking. Yeah, he's yeah. actually an auto racing analyst and car aficionado who's worked for Fox Sports for 10 years. Oh, so he's probably, he's in his 30s at least. Oh, yeah. What? What? You thought he was right off the, sh- the shelf? I don't know what I thought. Oh, I could tell he was. Like, look at him. He's got a dad bod. He's a seasoned pro. Yeah. Um, I mean. Rutledge takes his narration not so seriously. That's obvious. He's a he's father. father three girls. Oh. Aw, well, so, you know what, Rutledge? This is good. I mean, I want another season. Yeah, me too. I think they'd work out the kinks. I think Rutledge is a fine host. It's just very strange the way he's worked it, in It here. is strange, but I like it. And I think that yeah. they could do more with it and make it wackier. And um, I would love to meet, I would love to meet him. Yeah. I would love to meet him. I would love to win uh, $10,000. 
It's funny, like, I'm a triplet, and there's, like, an episode that features these three triplet guys, and they're so goofy, and they're goofing off the whole time, and they all look really strong, so you're like, oh, they're gonna <laughs> make it. Like, my dad was like, oh, they're all gonna make it. They they do the worst yeah, out of everybody. Yeah, they sucked. Now, the one thing... You get like, overconfident. Like you said with the, um, everybody taking the same course, like, the room with the pyramid in it. Oh, yeah. Everybody, mm. every team, somebody goes to the pyramid, and it's like, you don't have to. Yeah. And this isn't like Wipeout where it's cool and funny to see people like mess up these courses which are impossible to win. Like these are possible and like you want them to win because like there's actually like planning involved and they're kind of creative rooms. Yeah, you root for certain teams and I don't know. I think it's it's a really fun idea and I'm really hoping for a season two just because I think it's fun to watch and it's fun. Like my whole family actually likes it. Um Rutledge, this could be just the beginning. He could be the next Chris Harrison. <laughs> and be on the show for 20 years. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, the Flores Lava reference, right, has been a thing since we were kids. Yeah. I think, I mean, that's why it's cool. And I, it's, it's strange that it is still a thing with kids today, but my parents, it's not like it was a thing when they were kids. You don't think? No. No. I don't know where it comes from, do you? Mm. See, it's like when you're a kid, you think everything that you hear is just something that's in your school. Like, I didn't think everybody did it. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's... I feel like it's probably been around a while. What I'm saying is, do you think the Flores Lava will still be a relevant reference? Or does that not matter for the show? I think every kid has jumped around on their furniture and tried to get over somewhere else without touching the ground. So That's yes. true. I do. I want a season two. I mean, who knows when we'll get it because obviously, like... With COVID, nothing is like filming, and I, I wouldn't want them to risk, you know, spreading disease just to film it. But, man, I would love a season two with our good old buddy Rutledge. Me too. Hope he uh, gets back to it with some new rooms. I'm telling you, you, John, Mark, and Brad need to apply if there's a season Well, two. I was, why don't you and you, PJ and Aaron do it? I don't know if we could do it. Um, well, you should try. I don't know. I'm not strong. You don't have to be. I guess there were some pretty uh, skinny, lanky kids on there that did okay. There's old people. Yeah. 50-year-olds. Yeah. Yeah, so I think you could do it. Well, we'll see when season two comes around. Um, Okay, so we're going to take a quick break. um, And when we come back, we're going to talk about something from the past that we've recently had in our present. It is a popular 80s movie. See if you can guess it before we come back. All right, let me just open this door. Gotta unlock it first. (sighs) Oh, we're inside. Uh Oh, it's a little... A little uh, musty in here. We haven't been in here in a couple. <laughs> it always is. Weeks. Yeah, I know. I gotta clean this place more often. You but... should install like a humidifier or something. I gotta do something. But welcome back uh, to the rec room. Yes. Hello. I oh. love spending some time in here every uh, <laughs> couple of weeks. And one thing I found that I would like to recommend to all of you guys is a new Netflix original show. There's only ten episodes. And it's called The Babysitter's Club. Hey. And it's based off of a book series that was pretty popular, I want to say, in the 90s. I could be wrong. But um, I never read them. But Christina, my friend Christina, and I wanted to check it out. And, like, I wasn't sure, like, how it was going to be. But I thought it was really good. It's basically, like, a coming-of-age 
series, and it's a group of girls who form a babysitter's club to try to make some money, and each episode is from a perspective of a different girl. And I would say they're, I want to say they're going into eighth grade, so they're, like, kind of, like, that middle school age, and, um, each episode kind of tackles, like, a different topic, and I just really liked it. I thought it was really charming. It's obviously, like, suitable for children, but I didn't feel like it was, like, annoying to watch. You know, sometimes, like, kids shows are you're just like, oh, like, I can't even watch this. It's cringy. Yeah. Like, we go back and watch some of the Disney Channel shows, and it's like, I can't even watch well, those. Well, those are a different breed. That's true. But this is really, like, it's well done. And, um, like, I was telling Eddie, some of the things they tackle, like, one of the girls babysits um, for a child who is transgender, and she has to take the little girl to the hospital because she has, like, a fever or something, and she, they don't know what's wrong, and her parents aren't home. So they go to the hospital, and, like, the doctor comes in, and he has, like, obviously the child's medical chart. And instead of, like, not gendering the child, the doctor's like, oh, how is he? Let's check out what's wrong with this little guy. And, like, the little kid, obviously, like, she's she's wearing a dress, and, like, she obviously is very, like, uncomfortable and doesn't know how to speak up for herself because she's a child. But then the babysitter speaks up for her and is like, mm. please refer to her by her name. She would like to go by this. Um, you know, things like that. So I just thought that was cool that they, like, tackled that and, like, the idea of, like, I don't know, educating younger people about it. Because I feel like our generation, obviously, is, like, pretty accepting and, like, learning a lot about the transgender community. But I still don't think that, like, schools or public education or anything is doing anything to teach kids about this. So, like, it's still pretty, like, I don't know, stigmatized. But that was pretty cool. They also have one girl. She's Chinese, I believe, or Japanese. Chinese or Japanese. I can't remember. But her grandmother, like, first-generation American, and um, was in, like, these basically, like, concentration camps. In World War Two, and they talk about that. So it's like some heavier topics mm. that I think they do a really good job with. But they also talk about like the girls like having their first crushes and stuff like that. And it's like pretty funny. And it reminded me a lot of my own childhood. I like zoomed through the episodes, only twenty minutes long, and I really hope they come out with season two because I loved it. Cool. I loved it. I loved it. Oh. You wait. You already watched all of them. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. Oh. I watched all of them pretty quickly. They're pretty oh. short. Huh. Um, but I just really loved it. Like it just made me feel really nostalgic. Um, and I think it would be a great show for any middle schooler, but also if you want to just reflect on your time as a middle schooler. <laughs> yeah. I think it's and really well done. you babysat middle school, huh? I did. I um, did. Yep, yeah. They sure didn't trust did. me with kids until like I was at least in high school. <laughs> <laughs> Even with my Honestly, brothers. looking back, I don't know how anybody trusted me with their kids, but I did, <laughs> I did a good job. They, they all survived. Yeah. I mean, I think when I was a little kid, like a middle school kid babysat me. That's <laughs> like. Probably. Probably like four years older than me. So that's funny. Yeah. Well, I'll have to check that out. There is a plot line where they have a rival babysitter's club of high school girls. Uh-oh. They're trying to take their jobs because they're older and more experienced. But they expose them because they find this little boy in the street. And they find out that he just walked out the front door because his teenage babysitter had her boyfriend over. Uh-oh. And was just like not paying him attention. Oh. So that's a whole plot line Got too. Him. But the kids are just so cute. And like it's really well done. And I don't think it's like it's not like too cheesy or cringy. It was like really enjoyable so i'd like recommend anybody to watch it if that sounds like something that's up your alley uh eddie what do you have 
<laughs> Let's see in this rec room what I have. Oh, Whoa. yes, this new, uh, okay, so I found this new, um, this is music related. I found this new record label. I don't know if it's new. It's probably a couple years old, but uh, it's like a ska music record label called Bad Time Records. And uh, it's got like modern ska bands and like some older ones, but it's, I love ska music. I don't care how corny it is. And, and like, I don't know, um, but it's really cool. They got some bands. They got one of the old older bands they have. It's called The Fad and they were one of my favorite bands in high school. That I haven't really heard from in a while. I don't know if they're still making music. But uh, they're really awesome. And if you like horns and really skanky melodies in your music, that's... Check out Bad Time Records. They have a band called Catbite. And, like, one of the only ska bands I know of with a female singer, which is really cool. I, I just didn't know how much I wanted that. What is ska, if people don't know? It's like, um... It's kind. Of, it's like the precursor to reggae, but like ska. I guess this one's more like ska punk, which was like really popularized in the eighties. But it's like really. It's usually really fast music that has like a that they play the notes on the upbeat. So it's like and they have like horns in the background that like emphasize harm. Like I guess harmonize with the music. The bass is usually walking. Boom ba doom ba doom ba doom ba doom ba doom. So. It sounds fun. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's like, I don't know. Like, and it's, um, I don't know. I think it's fallen out of favor with folks these days, but I really like it. Well. Like, um, let me think, like, uh, oh, um, no doubt Gwen Stefani's old band was Ska. Oh. Like, you know. Well, there you go. Yeah. So Spiderwebs and well, those songs. If you ever, Eddie does a lot of music recommendations on this yeah. show. <laughs> so I don't, they're not real. They're, it's okay. If you know. ever find yourself liking them they're part of pop culture and that's what this podcast is about sure but if you ever have um you know followed one of his recommendations and like that kind of music you can hear eddie talk more about the music he's into and that his friends are into on their podcast oh, yeah. fresh ears <laughs> i mentioned it at the top of the show but it's also here in our rec room for this episode there's two episodes on spotify no they're not, not on, on spotify, spotify. I'm everything sorry. except spotify on, for some reason yeah they're having issues with that they're on apple yeah podcast which yeah. most people have on your iphones i think you can also get it on like google if you go yeah if you google it's called fresh ears so if you google it i think you can find it on and um I'm, we'll link that in the description yeah and uh yeah if you have anything to recommend to us that we would talk about on the pod you can email or what you always say email you like can uh tweet email. tweet us you or, can tweet us at our twitter uh handles in the bio i think i will create an email though because a lot of podcasts do have that yeah so um thank you guys so much for listening we really appreciate it hope you're all doing well and staying safe during this time and you know follow one of our recommendations and we'll see you hopefully next week with no promises yeah we're in different locations now so it's a bit trickier but we'll keep trying to bring it to you guys and thank you for those who have continued to listen And we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Welcome back. Let me just say, Words with Friends is so frustrating. Yeah, we're on that phase of uh, quarantine now. We are. Not a spawn. Also, I only want to (laughs) play with people that I know. Yeah. And it matches you up with strangers. Yeah, who are better than you. What if they're bots? Oh, man, that must be why this... Yeah, this person I'm playing is like... They're probably, godly at the they're game. probably bots. Yeah, they probably is. But anyway, if you got any 
words of friends tips and tricks tweet at us <laughs> but that's not what this episode's about no this segment is going somewhere few men have been before <laughs> the future uh <laughs> didn't work didn't i don't work. think that's actually part of that no we are talking about back to the future which is a movie that came out what in 1985 jeez that's crazy um i watched it as a kid mm-hmm. and i loved it and i watched all three of them and i hadn't watched i haven't watched two and three in a long time i feel like one was on TV all the time. Like, I saw bits and pieces here when I was just, like, at home during the summer. But, uh, and you introduced me to Michael J. Fox and, uh, who plays Doc Brown? Christopher Lloyd. Christopher Lloyd. Two great actors. And the first movie is literally just, like, it's perfect. Uh-huh. It's original. The writing, line, like, it lines up all the events so perfectly it's so seamless it's funny it's exciting i loved it yeah yeah i think it's uh i don't know all the characters are so good and i think it really holds up yeah Um, i mean we weren't alive in the 80s but the the, the aesthetic of the time was definitely captured (laughs) and like watching it now i'm not like oh like you know like (laughs) this is so out of touch or whatever um if you haven't seen back to the future i highly recommend it they're all on netflix The basic plot is that this kid, Marty, who's Michael J. Fox, is buddies with this mad scientist character, Doc Brown. And he goes in to look for Doc one day. He's like, I don't know where Doc is. He finds out that Doc has just invented a time machine Mm -hmm. in a DeLorean, which is a type of car. And, um... What what starts the adventure? I'm trying to remember. Well, the, uh... Doc is showing Marty, um, the, uh... He was trying to get Marty to tape it for his ex- to show. Oh, oh, then, for posterity, yeah. yeah. So this is the premise. Then, like, so he does, and the time machine works. Mm-hmm. And uh, Doc says he's going to go back to the past, but right when he gets, he's about to, the Libyans show up, who are, <laughs> uh, I guess, the villains of the movie. I guess this is the one part where I was like, like, not so keen on. Like, I was like, is this? bad and i don't well, know if it is i mean it's just strange that i mean i guess like i i don't i guess it's not but i don't know the libyans like or like he doc buys plutonium from, from them, them and he said that he would build them a bomb but he so lied like, well i guess like the other bad part is that doc was gonna like cooperating with terrorists yeah which like i don't know i mean like i guess i don't know what 1985 political landscape i don't, I don't like either for libyans but I don't know. I guess now it's probably not so hot to have that in a movie. Right, right. And but when, I, don't when know. I was a kid, I glossed right over it. Yeah, I mean, it's just a little weird. I don't know. It's at the very beginning. And anyway, I mean, spoiler if you haven't seen it, but really this just sets up the whole movie. Doc gets shot. Uh huh, yeah, and a shocking. And he, it's right at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. And he's, <laughs> he's killed, and Marty is like devastated and decides. He's like, I can save Doc. Well, I have no, to he's no, I, I don't think he even said he's just trying to escape. But Doc punched in the state, and Marty just goes 88 miles per hour and goes back in time. Well, I don't even think it's escape, intentional. But I think he wants to go back to save Doc. I think he would do it anyway, don't yeah, you? Yeah, he would. But I think that it's what's cool about it is that he just kind of goes back in time. Like it's set up that. Right. Because he wouldn't have to go way back to that time. And even though he like believes Doc, kind of, when he gets back to. To 1950, 
whatever. That's he legit. like doesn't he thinks it's a dream. Uh, and he ends up meeting his parents when they were kids mm-hmm. and has to, uh, make sure he doesn't disrupt the timeline so that he was never born. Yeah. Uh, it's perfectly set up. It really is perfectly set up and it's just like really cute and funny and I love it. And, um, you know, it didn't need a sequel, like watching the end of it, like it could have just stood on its own. Yeah. But they do kind of, kind of set it up where Doc says that they have to go help Marty's kids. So they have to go to the yeah. future. And um, in 2015, that yeah, well, was the year that <laughs> Back to the Future 2 was supposed to be uh-huh. set in. So um, I remember five years ago when people were like, it's Back to the Future Day. You know, what did they get right? What did they get wrong? I mean, we don't have flying cars um, or hoverboards that hover. What else don't we no, have? We don't have Jaws 12, which I've been waiting for all right. this time. We don't Where have... Is it? We don't have self-tying shoes. Or self-drying coats. Yeah. I, wish we I mean, did. we could, That'd I guess. That would be pretty good. Um, <laughs> the rich but, people probably do. Yeah, it's very interesting. And uh, I, I don't know. I like it a lot. Watching Are you them, talking about part two now? Yes. Okay, yeah. Well, I was just going to say. we watched them, part one and two on the same. We watched them back to back. And watching them back to back, I think you notice more that two isn't quite as tight and as good as one yeah i think it's really weird on it like i like two okay i hadn't seen it in a long time but uh there is uh yeah they do a lot of re- remade shots from the first movie and it kind of looks you could definitely tell that it's not the same i don't know which uh, I, I don't know marty looks a little older i don't know i mean it's fine but it kind of bothers you when you see it back to back yeah i was gonna say i don't think people because we had to wait four years. In real life, they in real had to life, wait four, four years, years between these two films. And when I first watched them, I don't think I watched the first two like in the same day or anything like that. I, I think, think I, I did, honestly, way. but I didn't know. I don't know. The one this thing that's a, very easily noticeable is that they recast Marty's girlfriend. Marty's girlfriend um, and also Marty's and dad. And also Marty's dad. But uh, it's pretty funny. And it's like some of the things they have in the future, like his house has like a projector screen that's supposed to be like scenery oh yeah and it's like why would you even want that well people do have tvs that play like the fireplace and stuff like that yeah. there's the fireplace channel and then they have um a fax machine oh yeah still. imagine getting a fax in 2015 because oh, i can't i can't either um i don't even know how to work one i have no well i do actually know now because we at work we used to have to use it sometimes to communicate with the courthouses and stuff but uh most most places of business don't utilize facts anymore yeah so marty's dad gets a fax yeah that's he gets a fire that's how he gets fired yeah Yeah. but um or not marty's dad or it is marty yeah old man marty old man marty the age prosthetics are also a little a little uh scary but um it, it's it's interesting. Uh, the characters are really interesting. Biff, the big villain. Oh yeah, Biff, the classic. Oh, oh um, the classic movie tough. There's guy. actually some dark themes in the second one when you think about it. Like Marty's dad, in this alternative future timeline, is killed. His mom is in this abusive relationship with Biff. It's yeah. like kind of wild, and the whole world, the whole town's like kind of dystopian esque. Oh well, that's Biff when that's when like so the p- plot of Back to the Future Two is actually really like classic and like it's crazy because like he like takes the sports almanac back to f- past Biff so he can win a bunch of money betting on sports, and that's like a you know that's a good plot for the second movie. Yeah, the thing that's interesting to me is so like. 
Um, Marty is in the future and he sees the almanac in the window yeah. and he has the thought like, oh, I could take this back and win a ton of money. And Doc's like, no, like that could alter like the future in ways you don't know. Like that's not right. Yeah. And so I, Marty like puts it back or something, but old old man version of Biff sees him do it and figures out that they have the time machine and somehow steals it. Yeah, when that, gone. that's kind of weird. I don't that know how that happened. That kind of is the plot hole. Is like very quickly he somehow steals the time the DeLorean, knows yeah. how to work it yeah. to go back and give his younger self the book and then come back. And so, I mean, like. In 2015, I don't know if people were really purchasing almanacs very often. I'm sure they print them. Well, sports fans. Yeah, yeah, that's true. We're not really, we're not really sports fans. (laughs) But um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. So that's it's fun. They're both fun romps. Yeah. The first one definitely is cleaner, smoother, and better. Well, the the first, yeah, the first one just can't. One of the strangest things about the second one is at the very end they play a trailer for the <laughs> third one. Yeah. It's like almost a to-be-continued like or a preview that you would get in a book. You yeah, know? but it literally shows like parts from the third movie. Because they, like, oh. I guess they already filmed it, right? Yeah, they did back-to-back with number two. So and yeah, we didn't watch part three. We haven't yet. watched part three yet. I do remember liking it as a kid. Yeah, me too. Um... I was, I turned to Eddie, I was like, because uh, Doc has a love interest, love interest, and I was like, who's oh, yeah. that woman? And it's, it's uh, the mom and elf. Yeah, Buddy Steinberger. Um, she looks the same, her. honestly. Yeah, she but does. But now that I think about it, elf probably, when did elf come out? 2003. Oh, so it was like man. 13 years or wow. 12, 12 or 13 after But this um, of course, you know, the third one is them going back to the way, way past. Yeah, so. which is pretty far removed from these two, but that's okay. But it's it's still fun. I mean, I remember. I don't remember much about it. Honestly. As far as a franchise, does it do better than Cars did? I mean, mm. yes. <laughs> well, uh, wait, but I that's don't know. only because uh, Cars one wasn't even good enough. Ooh, man. Well, if Cars. Kerchow. Kerchow, yeah. Well, I, if Cars had more of a uh, time travel plot, maybe it could have stuck it out. Yeah. No. No, the people are cars, Eddie. It just doesn't make any sense. They should remake Back to the Future where the characters are cars. But um, I really enjoyed watching these. Like, I literally... I, I think they're always going to be classics. And I don't think they're super problematic. Like I said, there's some scenes like with the Libyans where I was like, oh, I don't know how I should feel about this. But um, I just love them. I love Michael J. Fox. Of course, like, pretty soon after the third movie... He came out and said he had Parkinson's disease, mm-hmm. um, which kind of, like, sadly kind of, like, stopped his career because it was really hard for him to do filming and things like that because you, you lose control. Of, you know, you often have, like, tremors or shakes, um, and he became a really big advocate for that. He had a sitcom a couple years ago, I remember. Yeah, that's right. Um, I remember and that. I, I don't know how well it did, but, you know, he's more, you know, he spends his fame and, and time and advocacy for yeah. Parkinson's disease. We love you, Michael J. Fox. And if you're <laughs> wanting more of Doc Brown in your life, have I got a tip for you? There's a Hallmark movie where he stars as like a how do, like what is that character in in cliche the mystical the man. mystical magical being where like you know the main character girl will have like an uncle or someone in her life who comes to her life and they they're kind of magical and mystical and you find out at the end they're like an angel or they're Santa Claus or some shit. Um, Doc Brown is in one of them. Uh, I'm going to look up what it's called. So if you're interested, you, yeah, you, can, you can watch it. It was, I think it was either this year or last year and he still looks the same. Like he was, <laughs> yeah, he was I mean, old in 
the 1980s, yeah, and now yeah. he's still doing movies. He's just such a, like, a cutie. Yeah, he's pretty good. Okay, he is in the Hallmark movie Just in Time for Christmas, which came out in 2015, what? actually. Um... A young psychology professor has to choose between marrying her longtime beau or accepting a once-in-a-lifetime job. To help her make a decision, a magical messenger lets her see both possible futures, so she'll be able to make the right decision. Mm -hmm. So Christopher Lloyd stars in that. It's pretty fun. So, um, yeah, that's our Back to the Future segment. If you guys haven't seen it, I mean, like, I, I totally recommend it to anybody. It's appropriate for kids, and it holds up when you're an adult, I think. Yep. Yeah, yeah, go watch it. And I watch loved part it. Three I want to watch part three. Yeah, definitely. Netflix. They're all on Netflix, so yeah. But um, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, when we come back, I believe we're going to take a trip to the rec room, so come right back. 